0: Hi, my name is Joe Jackson, and between the years 1990 and 2000, I did hundreds of interviews with musicians for the Irish Times in a slot that was originally called the Joe Jackson Interview, when Paddy Woodworth, the newspaper's arts editor, launched its now legendary sound and vision double page spread. The name above the title idea was his, and I once said to Paddy, why me, Lord? I was joking, though editors do like to be addressed that way. Paddy explained that he chose me primarily because we both believe that the arts should be central to political debate rather than relegated to the sidelines and that as such, popular music, as an outgrowth of popular culture could and should be explored from a socio-political perspective. Either way, that slot, which if only because it was a three-quarter page spread in the Irish Times became much sought after and it could help sell out a gig or so Tony Bennett once told me. And that to me was the added bonus, especially as someone who became an interviewer to meet my music heroes. I now had access to virtually any musician I wanted to interview, including longtime heroes such as Bennett, Ray Charles and Joni Mitchell. And even if all I got was a phone interview, something I usually rejected because it didn't lend itself to in-depth discussion, I was happy to say, you bet. What follows is one of my Irish Times interviews. Enjoy. I said a game okay. last night. Huh? Did you see the French game last no, night? No, I didn't. No,
1: it it was was a game. I so. Yeah. That was a party. So, OK, so the first one's for the Irish Times. Right. And uh, you haven't talked for a long time to the Irish press. Right. Okay, nothing, nothing personal. I so, know, uh, good, no, I know that. In actual fact, I'm going to try just to give it an Irish tilt on the first question. Right. I saw that you kind of, uh, you once on your new album, there's just, no drinking after you're dead, you've described it as a song, a, a kind of drinking song, you want it to be so, like something Behan might have sung. Right. And I also saw on one of the internet sites that the nadir of your career was miming to Bono on top of the Pops. <laughs> Remember that, and yeah, the other thing is, it, you also I'd already say,
2: call it that, but yeah, was
1: that was it? No, it wouldn't. It's, it's kind of gross <laughs> exaggeration. But the other thing was, you also said, "I never um, aspired to anything as meaningless as being as big as you, too." Right? In one quote, the Irish connection is it? Is it in the blood? Is it just a kind of one small reference point? Four. Like even up to the song on the album. Uh, well, it's just a reference point, I can't, I don't know if it
2: goes any further than that. I've got some, right. real, I've got some Welsh in me, I don't Do know if you? that sort of counts. No, much. not really, <laughs> no,
1: we don't buy that one. <laughs> and there's no Irishry? No, well, not to, not to my knowledge. All right. And even the Behan connection, would that be just kind of true? You, you, how would you know of Behan? Would you have read his work? Uh, i Boy. Did you? Yeah, it was what? a great book. Yeah, heavy stuff. Very kind of realistic view of what it was like. My yeah. dad was sent away to one of those places, so he told right, me it was right, absolutely right. spot on. Right. You know, so that kind of stuff. But the song you wanted was just that kind of where people would have a few drinks and sing.
2: Yeah, it was, yeah. And that kind of um, fate, sort of fatalism in, in the in the idea of the song, but a kind of fuck it, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the, the ultimate conclusion is fuck it, just, you know, have a drink and get on with it. All right. Like, I suppose that's what I kind of meant by it. But well, when that, I first started the song off, it was kind of more, not sort of, almost more folky, really. Right. More
1: acoustic okay. and, you know. Right, right. But it is that kind of... We're all going to die anyway, so let's dance till then. Yeah, sort of, Let's sing and dance until we get there. And anyway, uh, drinking heavily is not necessarily the ownership of the Irish. Certainly not. (laughs) No, I find that in most most cultures, I guess. But But we have that stereotype, but the Irish have that stereotype. It's almost like a stereotype in Yeah, we do like a drink. It has to be said, doesn't it? Oh, we do, yeah, very much (laughs) so. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I know you don't want this. I'm still looking at on the new album. There's kind of like, there's a song for Leah which is your daughter, right. and I know you don't like songs reduced to just autobiography, right. but there's a feel on the new album of a man who is uh, more at peace and more trying to celebrate light than right. the last album. Yeah. It's almost like you're saying there are things, apart from even like celebrate l- dancing and drinking, it's like celebrate your daughter, celebrate a new relationship. Yeah. Now, I know you do hate stuff being reduced to just biography, don't you? Well, only cause it, well, yeah, because it reduces the song you know for the listener as well.
2: And I think... Especially when I think back when I was a kid and all the songs I used to hear then kind of took on their own meanings, took on, I put in my own meaning into them or took on their own relevance really, my own mind. And I think it's important to keep that in music, you know. And what would you have
1: put some songs we would know that you would go, I get the, I know what he meant, it doesn't matter well, what he meant, I know what I meant.
2: Strawberry feels forever right. for me, you know.
1: All right. When, I- John, when John sings um, No One Else Is In My Tree, I, as a kid I just thought, yeah, you know, I feel like that as well. Like removed from whatever yeah. else has gone on around you. But you didn't need to know his biography to know he really felt... He was looking out his Aunt Mimi's window. No, it's enough for him to You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. it's enough for him that he's written the song and i get something what I need to get from it. All right. But the new album is very much... Wasn't it your your attempt to undo the darkness? Not undo the darkness, but balance the darkness of the last album.
2: Yeah, just to make something... Yeah, something with light and air and colour
1: in it, really. You know, quite the contrast to what Heavy Soul was, really. Yeah, yeah. Cause and, but heavy soul itself was reflecting changes you'd gone through in terms of a marriage in terms of stuff like that yeah you don't I think know not, any album
2: that. does i think all records do that you know and all the songs you write at the t- a particular time you know and i think there's also the thing where a song starts off and you kind of or i kind of base it on how i feel at the time or what i'm trying to put over
1: mm-hmm.
2: initially anyway and then also but beyond that you kind of t- t- try and take the song out and you know the rest is kind of writing as well in a different way you know you're trying to finish the song off and also expand it as well you know it couldn't all just be me 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 me, me. yeah I just think it'd be boring if nothing else
0: all
1: right so the evolution of a song dictates that it goes outwards yeah it becomes more universal yeah because you want to get across to other people as well i think and, and would you ever have pulled back a song because you thought no i don't want i don't want to reveal this much about myself no no there's never that element of no
2: because i think um no i wouldn't know i think you know a song kind of takes on
1: its own life as well up to a point but in something like "Frightened," you, you talk about it. it's not. I, don't, I think you've seen. I've seen you describe it. Looking at the other side of being macho. Did you ever feel like I don't want to reveal a vulnerable side? Which you do on these songs and, and in some songs. Well, do, you ever, do you ever like, draw back from that? Like I, the tough nut image you have going back to whenever.
2: Yeah, well, I think that's more kind of bound up in that time. You know, I mean, I think right. I would have been probably wouldn't have liked to see myself as being that vulnerable in, in the Jam days when I was okay. a, a teenager or a young, you know, young young guy. But why though? why? What would it have been? Because it was just an image you had to live up well, to? It it's just the way you are. Punk. But I think, I think it's beyond that. I think it's just the All way right. you are when you're a kid, isn't it? You know, right. you have to have that kind of bluff and bluster yeah. to get to get yeah. by in a way. Yeah. But I think it's you kind of be more relaxed around yourself when you're older or I don't know, or com- more confident or give less of a fuck what people think. Right. You know,
1: you don't mind sort of showing the soft underbelly. Sure. But would you also have seen the, the, the mattress side as maybe counterproductive in relationships with women, with friends? I think it's that, still is. Be, I still yeah. think there's that element to yeah. it, you know. I think probably for most men, really. Just trying to deal with that and not let it become a corrosive kind of... Yeah, you know, I just think... Uh, well,
2: it's destructive as well, yeah. ultimately, isn't it? But I suppose, you know, it's getting a balance like a lot of things in life is
1: finding a balance in life, isn't it? And that's always the hardest part, isn't it? But you didn't... That wasn't the conceptual idea behind Frightened, was it? Or no, something no. softer like Loveless or that? You're not kind of saying, I really want to unveil myself here? No, nah, I'm just writing a song. Yeah? With, no, with not a concept behind it? Uh, well, the concept's in the song, but it's not right. an overall album concept or, you know... Right, right. And you not it's not a kind of mathematical thing you set out in advance? No. Well, tell me something about the song Loveless, then. Well I think for me it was writing about God.
2: Or okay kind of conception I got about God. Alright. And uh and the kind of need at that time I can't think when I wrote it now, I was trying to cast my mind back but it was like a couple of years ago rather probably than a, a long years time ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. But um to feel I felt a need to sort of be plugged into something, to be connected to something. And I suppose it's kinda of loosely a sort of God is a concept. I know, you know. It's always hard to talk about God because I know well, I know.
1: don't you see that you almost cut? You know, we went into John right, Lennon's right, yeah. line, didn't you? I knew you did, God is yeah. a concept by which you measure, measure our pain. Our pain. <laughs> well, I do hear. I mean, I know you said this album was an attempt, and we could talk God about. That was also a concept to measure our joy as well as well. As That's pain. true. Yeah. Well, that was Lennon was going through his primal therapy, so I think he was only thinking of the pain. Right. But that idea, and I know you say this album, you tried to just transcend the, your earlier influences, but I still hear right. echoes of that. And there's a yeah, Lennon-esque yeah. feel to "Frightened." It could be like right. the, of the jealous guy time. Yeah, yeah, And the Primal him, yeah. Album, and yeah, Loveless. Sure. But did you feel there was a, a kind of spiritual void
2: in your life? I probably did at that time. Only, all right. I mean, It's hard for me to kind of relate back to it now
1: because I can't even remember what frame of mind I was in when I wrote this song, to be honest with okay. you. Okay, all right. Um, but it's a lovely feel to it, and it is a kind of questioning hunger, a different kind of hunger than your political hunger with the jam or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's, it's, it's an evolution of that. Yeah, well, it was 20, over 20 years down the line as well. That's true. But, you know, people forget that. But you also right. said in the opening song about Ronnie Lane that he had this core blimey image, but that what you really liked about him was that he too had a kind of... He had a spiritual nature. It was he had a, a spiritual... Sinker, yeah. yeah, and he had that element. Was that what you identified with I do identify world? very much
2: with that, yeah. And I don't think it's just the property of, uh, of
1: intellectuals or, you know, of going to the right schools and all that crap. Do you, so we were talking earlier about the <coughs> macho thing, and it can be very much kind of working class. We're not supposed to use words like spiritual quest. Right. Yeah, it almost catches on my tongue right and then you do realize it's not just as you said the prerogative of whoever no, for
2: everyone yeah and i think the same thing about art as well
1: right you know talking about
2: music as art and as culture you know i don't really have a problem with that either anymore and i think it's you
1: know but did you ever like see music as 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 a reflection of culture and art no i probably always felt it yeah. i don't know, it might have just caught me throat saying it at certain times
2: in the past but um but but i don't know no I just think it's you know, it's a massive part of our culture, as well, yeah. of working class culture, post-war yeah. culture. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And it still yep. is, you know, I think. I mean, it's got, it goes through peaks and troughs and stuff, but it, essentially it'll always
1: be that way, I think, and it'll always be important to people's lives. Well, it's, all, it's how we define ourselves. I saw a great exhibition at the still War Museum here last time I was over in London. It just said from the bomb to the Beatles. Right. And it was like, you just saw a huge picture of Hiroshima. What was really moving about it was a mug that was melted on the day. Right. Talking about reality. And then went right around to, you know, Beatles wallpaper, and mini from the Italian job. Right. And you just go, this is really the culture that people have lived. Right, particularly right. working class people. And yeah. the same in Dublin or wherever, you know, in the so-called British Isles. Right. So that, that, that very much is how you shaped yourself by be it the Beatles or listening to early. I know you listen yeah, to a lot of Yeah, or it soul, shaped though. me,
2: you know what I mean? Whichever
1: way you look right. at it, you know. All right but you adopted but I'm a product of of that
2: culture and I'm proud of it as well you know it's not like a you know it's a good thing it's a positive thing
1: and it's your family background is it like your mum and dad would have loved the same would have listened to Sinatra yeah. or Cole or whoever yeah definitely
2: yeah so and that my mum, mum would have bought the early beatle records and
1: all right so I would have grown up in a house of uh, with music anyway you know what i mean all right and where are the interest in the kind of well structured rock song or pop song you know the interest in the craft which has always been central to you?
2: probably through my influences uh, through you know Ray Davis and Lennon, all right, Smokey, you know whoever it may be, through. I'd bet, but to say studied, I don't know. I mean, okay, it's so
1: more you absorb.
2: Yeah, I mean because I've not, I haven't got the one. I, one, I couldn't be bothered to study it in that sort of sense, and two, I wouldn't have the technical expertise to do that. You know, and and the most of those people I mentioned, probably a lot of them I can't, well, I shouldn't really speak for them, but probably a lot of them wouldn't know what they're doing is necessarily anyway. It's just right. a gift and it just comes. All right. But like they, think they didn't
1: have to go to college to learn the art right, of songwriting. I, mean, I don't
2: grieve with anyone. Who, you know, that's the whole thing that you can teach people how to write or teach people how to play music. I mean, it might be different in the classical world where you have
1: to read dots and dashes. But it's right. like jazz schools. I mean, how can you teach someone to play jazz? I don't understand. You know? All right. But you were saying earlier you would have got that line, you know, would have hooked in emotionally to, nobody's in my tree. Right. But then when you became a songwriter, would you have started to take down the lyrics and the melody and the chords and said, now I see how they do it? Leonard McCartney, Ray Davis, whoever. Uh, like that kind of approach.
2: I would have tried to, well, I mean, I well, yeah, but from the point of view that I would have, from the angle that I would just be playing them myself, I would just be trying to play, the, play those songs on an acoustic guitar or, or we'd have done cover versions when we yeah. were starting out. Yeah. And getting the chords wrong as well and we're simplifying them, oversimplifying okay. them, you know, reducing them to three or four chords. And, okay, all right. But, but that was not... A, yeah, go
1: on, sorry. Not studied, I wouldn't right. say.
2: More just naturally
1: absorbed i don't know and with with the jam it would have been everybody's influences it wasn't just what you were bringing on board everybody had a different set of tastes in the band you mean yeah
2: yeah i don't know if we'd have taken them all on board which okay that each people each person was yeah. bringing along i mean when we, rick when we first met him, he was the drummer yeah was uh, a big um not necessarily heavy metal but it was a big zepp fan and oh, black right. sabbath so i mean you i wouldn't right? have really taken all no. on board you
0: know <laughs> yeah, so you i would was the captain of the
2: ship you know what i mean and then um,
1: I don't know if it's always good to designate, really. All oh, right, I like to take that to yeah. try and ta- to to designate to let them kind of have the, an equal power or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And
2: also, you know, and also I think the fact if you've got one sole writer in the band,
1: right, I think that kind
2: of that one person sort of does does decide which way you go, and decides in the direction and what we're doing musically and what we how we look. And, right. You think that's healthier than fragment people pulling
1: in all different directions? I
2: think it all depends on you know who you're working with and what kind right. of you'll bring to the table, really. All I think right. If they're all really good influences, and I think you know, dem- democracy is probably great in a in a certain bands. I can't think of any examples, but
1: I mean, where democracy?
2: Yeah, because I, I don't, you know, I can't think of you know an example to give really. I mean, I was going like to say the you, Beatles,
1: but then yeah, but still, John and Paul kind of did it at the helm, was not it? Yeah, you know? and even they were at war with each other a lot of the time too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there yeah. was that. You could say you too, but then maybe you could say that Adam and, and the and and Larry are edged out. Right. And, it's Bono and Bono on the edge right. you know what I mean but it is a trick, and it also is I mean I don't know you know an Irish group like the Chieftains Yeah. I just went on tour with them in America they're 38 years playing together and I don't know actually. Well the same guys yeah and you're kind of going how the fuck do they do that without killing each other yeah. you know what I mean and one you way they asked do them. I did ask them Yeah. And I, I, I stayed with them they actually stay at, no, they stay in different floor and hotel rooms they don't talk to each other just they don't out. have breakfast together they right. go on stage together and they play right. but it's right. not that they're enemies that's their strategy for still making it exciting when they get out on stage. Right, right, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. But it it did end acrimoniously with you and the Jam, didn't it? I mean, has that all been resolved in time? Do you guys meet or do you talk or? No, is it we just... don't really. I mean, right. and and it. I don't know if it ever will get resolved because, right. you know, they took us to court
2: about four years ago, five years ago. So that kind of, you know, those things kind of get in the way. Of Who did the others took you to court? Right. Okay. For what copyright? Copyright? Money? No, no, nothing like that. Enough because nothing comes through me you know, like that. But um, oh, okay. But oh, I don't know. It's worth going into really.
1: But well, right, fair enough. For yeah. worries, but. but but you you don't feel it can be uh, resolved?
2: No, I don't. But and also, I think you know, I never saw us as being that big buddies anyway at the time. All right. We come from a small town, and therefore you only got a small choice of musicians in the
1: town. You know. Okay, which is where it's somewhere near here, is it? Just, Just down, mid- down, down the back down the road, isn't yeah. it? Walking, is it? What walking. Is it? Walking. Yeah.
2: Walking. Okay. <laughs> but uh, so you kind of, you know, you are kind of sort of stuck. With who you, who you can get, in a sense, you know. Okay. I mean, I that
1: sounds a
2: little bit of a put-down, but uh, but that's kind of fact how it was anyway. And, sure. Um,
1: so it wouldn't have been like I would have necessarily gone out and socialised with them guys anyway. Okay, all right. But did you feel musically limited? Because then when you redefined yourself, and me- the many times you did, which I think is great, and I, you know, I'm reading all the stuff about you, either fans or the press have a problem. Well, I, you go from A to B to C. What is their problem with that? I don't know. You know, but do, do, do you let that bug you? Did you, bug me, yeah, You know the way they are saying you shouldn't go it. from here to Style Council, you can't go from Style Council to this, and you're going, why can't he? Bob Dylan changes himself every time he turns around, David Bowie does. Mm. You know what I mean? S- does it still get to you, though? Uh, less, even at this stage? Less so these days. Yeah. It did up to, even up to a couple of years ago, it did.
2: did like the last album? Um, not the last album, but okay. heavy, heavy Soul, or before that, or Standing Road. But, you know, it's also this thing in this country where people also like the underdog as well. Right. It's like in the early 90s when I was kind of clawing my way back up again. It was kind of, there's a few sort of positive noises from the press. And then once I sort of got there, by the time of Wildwood or Stanley Road, which, yeah. we, which done really well. Yeah. And it was kind of the tables were turned and eyes were drawn again, you know. So I don't, there's always
1: that element in the English press, I think. All right, but you also phoned up and called out a reviewer in the NME, didn't you? Yeah, which is probably <laughs> I shouldn't have done really, but you know, fuck it. Which shows you care.
2: I do care, yeah. But was
1: it a really? I didn't read it, but Was it a really like it. cheap or negative review? The or thing what? I
2: didn't like was that it kind of intimated that it was that was a contractual album that I just kind oh, of made this right, album okay. for a contract, to meet, which I'd oh. never do. Do you know what I mean? Okay, because it means too much for me just to fulfil a fucking contract. You know. All right. Okay. And that's what rankled me most of any more than anything else.
1: Just that angle to that it was manufactured so yeah. to some degree to get you off a hook. Yeah, which I'd never, i never done But that's not anything, you. I, I've no, I no, would I've never, never have sensed you know, that about your work. And, yet, and you have very much said that kind of almost you define yourself too much by your music that you wish you could kind of... I mean, then you say that somewhere, self-definition, it's like, I wish I could just take myself out of that. Right. And instead of defining myself by the next song or the next album, in another way, maybe with family, maybe with girlfriend, lover or whoever, is that still a drive, you know, that music is that central that you wish it wasn't?
2: Yeah, sometimes it is, yeah. But I think it's kind of difficult uh I think if you want to do it hundred percent, right. Then it's kind of you have to give something up to do that as well. Alright. And the times when I haven't given hundred percent it it's kinda of shown in the music, I think. You know,
1: this is all in hindsight. Okay. And when would you feel you didn't like which albums? In the solo work even? Um Like you listen back to one of the albums and you go, I wasn't there all the way.
2: On some of them, yeah, heavy soul for instance. Right
1: couple of tracks. There's three,
2: at least three tracks, which are real turkeys for me. <laughs> used... <laughs> but when did you realise that? Like, was
1: it a year later or two years later? Or...
2: I had a bad feeling about them at the time, but it's okay. at the same time, it's kind of, you know, there's like one song in particular, Driving Nowhere on Heavy okay. soul, which yeah. which i took taken nearly two years of trying to finish that song. Right, right. And I kept thinking, there's something here, there's something here. And okay. in the end, there wasn't anything there. But okay. I spent two years doing it, so I was All like, right. oh, right. I'm still going to commit to this.
1: Who, who would you go to anybody as musical advisor or something, a buddy or, or a companion and say, just give me a break on this, listen to it and tell me, am I right or am I wrong? You know what I mean? I or would
2: d- probably just do that with the people around me, really. Yeah, okay. People who are close to you as well, opposed to music industry. Well, the produc- right, know, okay. the co-producer or the right. Steve White, the yeah. drummer. Yeah, <coughs> People I'm working
1: with at the time, really. Right. They're and would Steve never have said, Paul, this is wrong, this ain't working?
2: Well, would be the same thing. he feel probably still the same way, that it's, there's something good here, but okay. it ain't 100% all right and he, he doesn't know how to get to it he's not a writer you know and it's just all right
1: okay And we either
2: make decisions either where we ditch it or we or we continue with it and you know whatever happens happens
1: all right but steve is very important to the music you play. played totally yeah. isn't he that kind of jazz bass and you've said yeah. that kind of the afro-american thing always hooked you yeah wasn't that kind of like Absolutely, central the yeah. central thing Still you know though, really you say really those times that um you didn't give a hundred percent did you ever feel that giving a hundred percent to music damaged your personal life did yeah you know what i mean because yeah, it, that, works both cause ways, it yeah. eats you up yeah, totally. And you are totally focused. I think, f- which looking back, was a, which is only a few short years
2: ago, but a real peak for me was probably around Wildwood and right. Stanley Road, for me right. personally, prof- you know, creatively and professionally or whatever you want to call right. it. Right. And I think I lost
1: a lot of things around that time as well in my own personal life, you know, like we married, split yeah. up and all, da-da-da, you know. But was that a consequence of the, 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 you becoming that successful and, and going for tours and doing the whole kind of... I think it's just, you know, when you've... To give that kind of full commitment to the music,
2: which I was at that time, okay, one hundred, you know, hundred and ten percent. I think somebody else is going to miss out, and somebody else All is right. going to lose out. You know, right. And I think right. it's inevitable, and I think it works either way. You know, okay. And you, there's always that thing for me. It's like, how much do I put into this thing? You know, I love, I love both of these things here. And how much am I gonna, how am I gonna split it up? You know, yeah. it's very hard to do a fucking tightrope. Of course it is. Walk, you know.
1: But isn't that a question that's we were talking about art or music in all levels? You look through the, I just did 50 documentaries on the greatest artists of the 20th century, from Louis Armstrong right through to whoever. Right. And, and people kept coming back to me and saying, "How come they never got the balance between art and love, or art and wife, or husband and children?" Well, right? Really More great. often they don't.
2: Yeah, well, it was very difficult, to do isn't that, it, I think.
1: to get that kind of to get Actually, it right? Yeah. But even Something though I, it
2: must suffer somewhere, I think.
1: But you, you, I know your marriage fell apart, but you still stay in touch with your children and you have other yeah, children, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. didn't lose at that level. No, and if anything, it's
2: got better in recent years as well.
1: Okay, with the children from, from yeah?
2: Yeah, and also the kids from,
1: the two kids from my marriage as well. All right, okay. So you're getting, you're getting a balance at that level now. Yeah. But, he, I mean, heavy soul reflects a time when you went a little bit crazy too, doesn't it? After the breakup and that. Yeah. Indulgent and stuff like that, whatever it is. Mm. Maybe drink we were talking about, or drugs or whatever. Yeah. Okay, and you've got a balance on that, have you? Yeah. At this stage? At this stage, yeah. Is that? <laughs> yes, so I have doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay no but i, t- I find the oh new al- I, I do find the new album very celebratory i mean i'm in a lucky position of having just fallen in love so it's great for me so i can listen to it and i hear what you're celebrating you yeah. know what i mean but it's thinking and also with the new album there's also a question we wanted to write get to a point in my mind as well that
2: i think well that'd be a nice place to get to musically and it'd be a nice thing to deliver to the world that you can right. listen to this piece of plastic or whatever this fucking cds yeah. and just and get something from it get the same Feeling that I'm trying to trying to get to it to attain, you know, which is a joyful feeling, you know, and a world
1: of color, yeah, and yeah. not misery. Yeah, it's a world of color though, isn't it? Is it? It's, co- it's color and light. Yeah, even the design. And um, do you feel there's any turkeys on that? No, I don't. Good. All right. So, y- so you listen to it still? What? A- well, I don't have a listen to it because I've been playing it for like last six weeks on tour. But you know. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm proud all of right. it anyway. What's been the overall response? I haven't to critical and public and fan. You know, uh, I know it's only th- releasing the states uh, coming up. I don't think it's even been released in the States. No, so has. I saw uh, an advert on Amazon saying, uh, pre-order now, uh, right, 12th right. of July or something. Oh, okay. Right. So what has been... It's what, been
2: really good. I mean, I can only, I can only gauge it on... Um, I mean, the press reviews have been good for what they're worth, you know, which mean don't mean an awful lot to me. All right. But and do you I've still tried have that this resistance? Time, well, I've tried this time to avoid reading them as well, because okay. I think there's a thing I've read about Richard Burton said that, you know, they're either... If they're a good review, it's never good enough. And if it's a bad review, you just brought down for a few days or weeks on end. Okay. So he just always okay. sort of avoided reading any of his notices. All right, okay. So I kind of sort of followed that a little bit. But I gauge it more on at gigs. You know, we've done a, done 27 gigs recently over here and just talking to people afterwards or before the gig or whatever. And just very positive. You know, a lot of people really liked it. Hardcore fans have been yeah. there for years and, yeah. you know, young cats who come as well. And I don't
1: know, I think that's the best sort of, you know, the, best, okay, kind of the best, gauge. best way to gauge it but but why do you why do you give so few interviews i mean what is that is it still smarting well, I've from a few, I've a few you know i'm just, just selective you know yeah why I because if it feels like bullshit to your
2: well no, i just needless. don't want to be plastered over everyone's front page you know okay All and right. i don't want to do every you know speak to you know gardeners weekly to the melody maker <laughs> to you know train spotters i mean it just i just think you know but have you been burned? Was there something I missed? Was no, there a quote no, you gave no, that were really... no, not But I mean, have okay. done shitloads of press in the past. I mean, you know, right. the jam we did loads. With Style cancel, we did even more, probably yeah, yeah, too yeah. much. And I just think I just think it's better just to do one or two interviews every time, you know? All right. Rather than all right. I mean, it's also you give the same interviews almost every time. Sure It's, it's no one's yeah. fault. It's inevitable. Yeah, yeah. Especially when, you, when you've got an album out and you're going to be asked the same, pretty much the same questions, and you're going to have to give the same answers unless you're going to try and make something out every time, you know?
1: Is it true you check out journalists? Oh, not, so?
2: not in a big way. I haven't checked you out.
1: <laughs> way, Thank way. you. All right. No, but you did do that. I, I That to me makes sense. I mean, because I've done inter- I've been on well, the other I'd like side. i to see what
2: they've written or if they're okay. good writers or not. You know? All right.
1: To see if there's some kind of a Well, I'd like check
2: them out in a big way. I'd to get their
1: personal data. <laughs> <right now. laughs> or an FBI file or, or somebody <laughs> outside their window. Well, and what, what about the, uh, you're, the, you're playing the witness gig. This is obviously part of why I'm talking to you. Yeah. I mean, is that kind of huge venue, that huge gig, is that exciting to you? Or does it seem like a little bit oppressive or what? Are you looking forward to something like that. It's a huge audience. One of the biggest It's I the biggest thing yeah. in Ireland this year. I haven't done it before. Right. I've done festivals over. Yeah. There. I've done Dublin and Galway before. But it's a different. It it's is different huge. Before. Yeah, yeah. It's a two-day. I don't know what the figures are, but I what? talked to David Gray about it, and he said he's just terrified by the size of the crowd because he thought right. it was like a weekend, a uh, couple yeah, I'm of c- kinda, stages. Yeah, kind of used to it
2: about being blase, yeah. but. All right, and do you think I get kn- nervous wherever I play, man? If I were, when was, was going to go and play a club gig now, and to 200 people, I'd be as nervous as playing at 200,000. Do you still people. get there? Yeah, totally. Yeah. But what is it, though? Fear that it won't go right? Uh, just that every time you've got... you How know, many times you do it, you've got to go back and prove yourself every time. Do you feel that? Every
1: yeah. time you face that audience, no yeah. matter how small.
2: Yeah, you're only as good as your last gig and your last record, as far as I'm concerned. Do you feel
1: that? Yeah. Does that account- That's what gives me the edge. And oh, right. All right. You know, you You're it. never going
2: to get complacent? I would have thought so, no. I think I'll get... There's too much at stake to get complacent, in a way. You know? It, within music yeah within myself what i'm trying to get to what i'm trying to prove what i'm trying to give out
1: but that is part of the fire isn't it yeah it's i mean shame. i think the worst music in the world is made by people is, who, who who become flabby well the thing is right, if you
2: walked up those steps wherever the gig may be every time and you and you were nonchalant about it and just just like we're well, just another gig let's get on and do it you know then i think something's got to suffer really or something would be you know something would be missing from it or all right.
1: But does that kind of uh, internal drive for yourself ever lead to dry periods when you're writing? You just go, fuck it. Uh, it does. Because you, you keep trying to top yourself, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that gets harder I don't mean though. top yourself, kill yourself. <laughs> but you get better, you know? Yeah, So have you ever hit a period where it's like three months, six months, I can't yeah. even pick up the guitar, let alone write a song? Yeah, yeah. Almost every yeah. fucking year, yeah. Do you? You get that kind of period, do you?
2: <laughs> yeah, I do. And then I'll go for a period of time and I might write six songs in a week or, you know, exaggerating, but, you know, a month or something. But um, I've always had those periods, yeah. And right. I think it gets harder and harder. The more records you make and the more grounds you cover, the harder it's going to get, you know, without repeating the same, the same things, using the same imagery, the same yeah. chord sequences. Yeah, that is the challenge, isn't it? It is a challenge, yeah, and I find that gets harder and harder, you know.
1: Because when it's like 20 years or whatever.
2: I mean, it's like even people that I really, I respect, I'm not a massive fan, but I respect and admire them. People like Neil Young or Van Morrison, who've got a good 15 years on me, are still good artists and they're still, every now and again, you'll hear a great track from them. But they basically made the same album for 20, 30 years. Yeah. You know, And yeah. I don't mean that as a put down. It's just, I don't see any way around that in some ways. I would yeah. defy anyone to sort of come up with something brand new every single time, you know.
1: Well, it's almost like Van has given into that since Avalon Sunset, certainly. And mm-hmm. around that time, it's almost like, here's part seven.
2: Yeah, well, I, you know, but I wouldn't put the man down for it because right. I can kind of see, you know, how that happens. And I think also they carve out something and you either like it and it's always there for you or if you don't like it, then you don't bother with it, you know. All right. But, but I you... don't think they're there necessarily to be groundbreaking and I think you do your groundbreaking in your youth really as well. I think you tip t- t- me out off to any man who can still ground break at 40 or 50,
1: you know. And what about Dylan though, coming up to 60 and time out of mind? Do you know, think he still went, he went for something different there? Was that the last acoustic yeah. thing? No, no, the one about the real dark bluesy. The last album did? Yeah, yeah, about two years ago. Yeah. With Daniel Lenoir. No?
2: Yeah, did you do Didn't do it for me, man, but, you know, another person obviously respect, you know
1: what I mean, obviously. Right. obviously okay.
2: So do you know what... If and his echoes of his first first album on it as well, isn't there?
1: It's almost coming from the circle, yeah. you know? Yeah, it is that. Well, he had that heart thing, remember, when he thought right, he was going right. to die? So I'm pretty sure it was almost like an attempt to close a circle or something. Right, right. He, he never talks about it right. that way. But would you see any jazz artists or anyone that you could turn on their album and go, they were still like, like Coltrane, Parker or anyone? Yeah, go, I thought Coltrane they, was great up until the time he died, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was still cutting edge. Well how was he? he was only what he's. his Well, that's right. What about Miles, though? Do you think Miles still did it? Wasn't he? Hmm. He was still trying to break was, you ground. Yeah, you know, yeah. electronically and going into yeah. electric funk. Yeah. You know what I mean, right yeah, up yeah, to the yeah, end. Yeah, do, yeah. So, would you ever, and who would you turn to? Uh, and I'm wrapping up the interview. Who would you turn to in terms of just to ease that kind of feeling that I got to get better and go? They still did it. I can, I can match that. Well, it's I very. I can't
2: it. think. You know, it's hard to find examples, really. All right. Okay. But, um, but I mean, that is the. You know, that is what I'm after as well. Obviously. You know, to try and come up with something different. It's just you know looking inside yourself to see what else is new in in there. And I think you know it's also easier with obviously when you're younger, every experience comes quicker right and they're much bigger bigger explosion when they happen as well and those things slow down don't they they still happen yeah. when you get older yeah. but they slow down yeah. you know
1: yeah yeah but there's also the other question which is <coughs> relates to what i was saying about that series on the great artists if you become complacent if you become happy in love it's almost like the greatest paintings, poems novels have all been written out of heartbreak and breakup yeah and it's almost like you get how many times can you tell the world you love the person you're with yeah, or indeed you love your children. I like the idea that you're brave enough to say, "Sweet pea," it's like this, I love my daughter. And I'm, this right. is the song, but you can't. You, I don't know if you can do that again. No, you couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Be a ridiculous, man.
2: Yeah, of course you couldn't.
1: No. But you're not going to force heartbreak into your life again just to get another good album. No, no, I'm not. But some people would do that, and you know that there are artists who skirt that edge. Yeah, and I've, I've done that up to a point in the past right. as well, but it's not a
2: place I'd like to go back to, and I think... Right. What, let relationships go over just so you could explore it and write about it? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know... I've kind of done okay. it close to that in the past, and I don't think that's... There must be other ways to make music without having to go for that bullshit I'll put the other bullshit yeah. onto
1: other people more yeah. importantly. Really. Yeah. yeah, it is, isn't it? You know? Because some, didn't someone, Steve say that about one of the tracks on, one of the, on this album about kind of he heard it, maybe he was frightened, like what am I putting my family into? What am I going over? Right, right. You know, it was not that right. idea and I think that's where people stop. It can be great, it's great for yourself if you're a solo artist and you're the only one who pays the dues. Yeah. But if there's a wife, love, or boyfriend, children. Yeah, and they got to suffer. They've got to suffer yeah. so yeah, you can yeah, get a better it's... song. It becomes a pretty savage circle. Yeah.
2: And I'm, yeah, and I'm not entirely sort of convinced by the whole process anyway. Which? To do that, to put yourself through that or other people through that, just to get a good song out of it. I don't, there must be other ways to make music as well, you know? Yeah. I don't know what at the moment, but, you know, I'm
1: looking at that. All right, okay. We're looking Let's, into that. Okay, that's I'm happy with that for the, the Irish Times interview, unless you think there's, there was anything you'd like me to ask about. Okay, give me a little bit on, on with time and temperance, because I think that and the kind of... Um, like the balance between that and the kind of uh, back in the fire it like harks back to jam kind of political unrest mm-hmm. and time and temperance is something else um, time well, but
2: time and temperance I suppose is kind of me singing to my ex-wife in a way Okay. I guess you know
1: it's, it's a kind of gentle it's, it's a good message to be sending back mm-hmm. isn't it? I think so yeah has hopefully. she responded? She hasn't, no. Has she not? <laughs> um, okay. But that is what it's about, isn't it? Like moving, yes. moving out of the shadows of a dead love or whatever. Yeah, I'm moving and moving on. And, and moving on. Yeah. And like, we have to, yeah. and you have to. Yeah. So that's, that's more, the, that's a kind of uh, song of, of uh, peace for you, to a degree, and to her.
2: To, I guess so, in some ways, to make amends in some ways, or a kind of clearing, clearing something out the way, and let's, you know, start again fresh.
1: Would she have been one of the persons who suffered because of the process we've just been talking about? You allowing yeah. things to go so far, so you could just explore the shadows. Yeah? yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So this is kind of like a coda on that process. Yeah. As much as as much as a song can be. As much as a song can be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And back in the fire.
2: Back in the fire, is just <clears throat> was um. Hmm, was really about the way that there's really sort of way that people are just used up. It's like you've worked all your life, paid all your taxes, paid your insurance, da-da-da, and you're still thrown back on the fucking slag heap at the end of the day. All right, all right. And the faceless, chinless wonders who still control everything, you know. Okay. What were once called the establishment and what they're called these
1: days, but they still remain the same thing. All right. But you avoid that by being a musician, don't you? You know, we, you and I could have become welders or metalers or something and beyond that scrap heap. Yeah. Doesn't mean to say, I haven't got a view on it, though. Sure, yeah. I a view yeah. forward on it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I
2: come from the background, the working class
1: background. I feel I've got every right to sort of say sure, what I want on it. Sure, And also, you can not feel like the music business fucks you on the scrap heap. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. You know what I mean? I know you're right about that. I don't want to go into that. I could have got thing. arrested
2: fucking ten years ago, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. Once, my, once when I left Polydor, I got dropped yeah. by Polydor.
1: yeah. Nobody wanted to hear what you wanted to do. No, it doesn't matter how many millions you've made, people generated. It means fuck all to them. And how does that leave you now looking to the future in terms of loyalty to the music industry or loyalty to? Well, I have to no loyalty to them. Okay. You know, just, right. I mean, I'm not. I, I don't think
2: I'm bitter and twisted about it. I'm just re- realistic and practical about it these days. Okay. And it taught, taught me a good lesson
1: and you know one worth learning. All right, but do you control like you, do you record your stuff here and distribute it through a record label so you're more in control than? No, you have, I'm no, you just you Don't do that. Right. You're sound direct. Yeah. I mean, they don't okay. interfere in what I record. Do they I'll give them the okay. final, final thing. But, but there's no imposition in terms of the music or anything of that along the mm, way. No. You give them the final product.
2: Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I've also been in strong positions in the past, you know, and, uh, and they still refuse to put a record out. So, you know, I'm kind of always yeah, yeah. aware, always of, aware that. of that.
1: All right. But you're not, I mean, you still have uh, a faith in what you do. And a faith in as yeah. much as you can do within the, those parameters. <clears throat> yeah, and my faith is back to every not every time I play, but a lot of times
2: when I play live. You know, I've seen magic. You know, it's not just a right. an abstract idea. Magic it actually exists, and I've seen it.
1: All right, like feedback from feedback yeah. from an audience, At a
2: gig. You know, let alone one one little gig in the whole universe, but it, you, but you know, you can see pure magic in the air and feel it. So it's a good enough. As in the way you connect with an audience. Yeah, and just the way everyone's just risen
1: not risen, you know what's the word, you know, rises above everything, transcends, transcends it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like but that's the other side you were saying earlier I go in every time saying I got to prove myself. Yeah. But the up on all that is one of those times you will get that magic. Yeah, yeah. And you will bring the audience with and you will go with it too. I mean that
2: we did like just said we did 27 gigs recently. And if I was really I mean they're all they were all good, but probably out of all those 27, I liked seven or eight of them were be were real special. We're just what we're all talking right. about. Okay. And and right. he needs seven or eight of those or one of those to make you feel well, this is all worthwhile and you know, I've got complete faith in what we're doing here and what's
1: going on here all right okay I hope if we... you didn't
2: get any of those at all then you know it, might it would be, be matter, but... it would
1: be spiritually depleting yeah wouldn't it be you know it just would, yeah, just, just wasting life. yeah of course you know and especially then it's going to corrode the music because you're just going through multiple <coughs> doing songs yeah. and not getting that energy back yeah. Well, I hope the witness gig is that kind of gig. For so me. do I, man. Yeah. Okay. I always hope that all of them are. They can't always be. They can't. Though. No, no. But something like this, I think, is going to be really special. And I yeah. think it just may be. So I wish. Who else came. is playing there? Oh God, there's about thirty-five acts. It's David Gray. It's kind of like therapy. He's big it's, over there, isn't he? It's Huge, man. It's yeah. kind of like unbelievable. He's not Irish, though. N- no, no. He's been in a. He's an adopted Irish man. I mean, his well, record is sold phenomenally. I think it's. He could be uh, though. He almost sounds it in his voice. He sometimes. does. Yeah, yeah. He ha- and he has that narrative style to his songs well. and the guitar and the Dylan-esque, Van-esque. Right. Influences, you know what I mean. Right, right, right. But Ireland has just taken to him. It's 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 astounding. Right. And now Britain and now America. But Ireland, he's been huge there for the whole year and a half. Right. So I think that, it, there's good 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 support acts, and I think the whole thing is going to be a great weekend. Mm. You know. Well, it depends on the weather, like of you know, those outdoor things. Isn't That's it? true. That's true too. Yeah, the it down. It's slightly <laughs> down. Is
0: it? Hi, Joe Jackson here again. And if you want to read the article that came out of that chat you just heard, check my website, JoeJacksonInterviewer Also, if you'd like to be notified of shows that focus on hundreds more interviews like the one you just heard, why not subscribe to the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast? Either way, thank you for listening.